Well, today is National or International Holocaust Remembrance Day. In Israel, a huge ceremony held at the Yad Vashem Museum in Jerusalem. It was a big enough celebration that they even put aside their bickering in Israel for the day. Hmm. Uh, a siren sounded across Israel for two minutes to mark Holocaust Remembrance Day and, and, and mark the six million Jews who perished in the Holocaust. And as someone who was, who was finishing a book set during the Holocaust, I've done a lot of, of research and work uh, about this period of time. And while I thought I knew a lot about it before, it is, it is really stunning just how awful and, and, and cosmically historic in its evil the Holocaust was during that period of time. And yet we are getting to the point where we are running out of people who remember it firsthand. And that's dangerous because when you don't have people left to remember it firsthand, you leave it up to people to interpret themselves and in many cases diminish. We're joined by Rabbi Ellie Mayerfield on one line with us and Ray Nakbar, who is a 91-year-old survivor from the Holocaust. Rabbi and Ray, I want to welcome you both to the program. Thank you for coming on. Hello. Thank you, Mitch. Thanks for having us. Um, so, Rabbi, let me just start with you here. If you would just put into perspective why it's important to commemorate this day, particularly in light of, I'm not sure what, uh, is this 80 years or 75, 80? Yeah. You know, I don't know what, how it's we're measuring 80 years. It. Yeah, 80 the, years. The, it's 80 years since the Warsaw Ghetto Uprising. The date that was chosen for Yom HaShoah is the um, April is the, the date of the of the uprising in the Warsaw Ghetto by the Jews that were remaining after so many of them had been murdered. And so that was 1943. So it's 80 years since then. But I think the reason it's important is because the, the human nature is what it is. And um, we need to be reminded that we are capable of tremendous acts of violence and hatred. And I think that those of us of, of good conscience have to work together to realize a vision of a society where people take responsible action instead yeah. of dangerous actions. Ray, uh, tell us about your experience uh, where I imagine you were, what, a teenager during that time? No, I was much younger than that. Even younger? Yes, when I broke out, I was only six years old. Seven years old, and the Germans drove out the entire Jewish population of my town called Pultus from Poland, and uh, so never let us come back. At the time, we thought we we're the most wretched people on earth, but actually, that saved our lives because my relatives, my grandfather and aunts and uncles who lived nearby, were not driven out, and uh, they perished. Uh, they drove us, drove us to the German, the Russian-occupied part of Poland. If you remember, there was that um, Ribbentrop-Molotov Pact in '38, and uh, they agreed to divide Poland in two, and they did. So we ended up on the German side, Russian. but they drove us into the Russian side. My late husband lived, was born, and he was born in Germany, but he lived on the Russian side. So for him, the war really began in '41, when the, when when the, the Nazis broke the, right. the pact. Right. They, yeah. So, so I was among the first refugees of the Second World War, I'm sure. 
but uh, and we went on foot, on foot, and uh, I don't remember how long it lasted, but we ended up in Bialystok, which was a Polish city, but now it was under Russian occupation. And uh, so other relatives began to arrive from Poland because of running away from the Germans. And so a few of them survived also because they ended up going to Russia. Hmm. And all that remained in Poland did not survive. If I, can, if, I can, if, I can, if I can ask you sure. to, try to, to try to bring this closer to what we're going through today. When you look back on it or when you were told, because it's seven years old, I'm not sure you understood it. Right. But, but what was it like, the disbelief that I imagine your families, like other Polish families had, and certainly German families had, that, oh, this can't get this bad. I mean, they're not, okay, we don't like the government, we don't like this guy Hitler, we don't like this uh, Nazi party, but they're not going to do, oh, they just did this. Well, they're not going to do, well, they just did that. And each level of taking away, first, Jewish rights to, you know, convene or to shop in certain stores or then to even have their businesses of their own, or, or, or even to eat in public places, or, and then having to wear yellow stars wherever they went, and, and then ultimately to be taken away or driven out of their homes or taken worse to concentration camps. Was there a process where people stayed because they just didn't believe it would get that bad? Well, there were such cases. Some people uh, believed that Hitler said what he said, and he'll do it, but uh, it was gradual. Uh, my parents, for example, remember the First World War and the Germans uh, that they dealt with. And also the Germans had the reputation of being such civilized people. So how could they possibly do such atrocities? But when they began to do it, they began to believe what they can do. And uh, I certainly was not uh, sufficiently um, conscious of the world to believe one thing or the other. I just did what I had to do. And that means, listen, I was the youngest of five children, so I was a very protected person. But with all the protection, uh, you can't protect me from the elements when you have to sleep outdoors, mm-hmm. day and night, you know. And uh, to be a refugee is a dreadful thing. Yes. What was the? What I was? Know. What would you say was? What would you say was the worst thing that you had to deal with during that whole time? Well. Everything is gradual, uh, relative. Uh, when you have to walk on foot, because we were driven on foot, and if we tried to stop for the night and go back where we came from, they wouldn't let us. So we had to go in just one direction, that was to the Russians, which, of course, was a good thing for us, but at the time, it seemed dreadful because we were farther away from home. Right. Rabbi uh, Ellie Mayerfield, uh, the... The toll that this took on the Jewish community, when you take out six million people and then extrapolate out if those people had lived and had their families and their families had had their families, do we know at at this point in time what that really represented, how much more of a presence in the world there would be of Jewish people if that had not happened? I don't know if anybody's really run numbers like that, but you're talking about two-thirds of the Jews of Europe who were murdered. Uh, so you're talking about entire communities, entire ways of life. Wiped out. 
wiped out, simply don't exist anymore. Yeah. Um, I have a friend who came from, whose dad was from Vilna. I knew his dad before he passed away. That the, the number of Jews who survived from Vilna after the war was like less than 10%, less than 5%. You, you don't know anybody who came from that very rich tradition. They called it the Jerusalem of Europe. This was a, they had publishing houses and it's it just gone. So yeah. it, it, yes, these are individual families with individual stories who are completely disconnected. And for those who survived, like Ray, you're talking about they were completely cut off from their families. Ray, how many siblings did your parents have? Uh, my mother had four. And did any of them survive? No. Yeah. So you lost None of them all survived. of your cousins. Yeah. My 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 wife's granddad said he didn't have a cousin left. They were all murdered. Yeah, imagine it, having survived the war, trying to go back. There's so many stories. People try to go back to the town where they came from, and there's just nothing there. Nobody there. No community there. Now people tend to look at the Holocaust and say, "Well, that was this unique period of time. Adolf Hitler was a unique evil force, and it will never repeat itself again." But there is a reason that the Jewish mantra is never again when it comes to the Holocaust. You don't say never again unless there's part of you that worries about it could happen again. And I mean, look, look, look around. We, the genocide in Darfur is going on today, literally today on the news. What's going on right now in Sudan um, uh, Rwanda, it, 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 you can't say never again because, like you're saying, it happens over and over and over again. Mm-hmm. Um, and it doesn't just happen because of one man. I think that's the other mistake people make. They think someone unique like Hitler. No, these were individual people who made choices, average Germans who decided to participate in mass murder. And that's something that, unfortunately, human beings are capable of. We have to recognize that. That's right. Well, the and guys be... were ordinary people. Yeah, the, the people right. who murdered the Jews in, in the former Soviet Union, uh, almost 2 million Jews who were murdered, like, in their backyards, they were basically MPs. These were just regular right. people who, who took on to, to murder thousands each and murdered over 2 million, right. almost 2 million in, Eastern, in uh, the former Soviet yeah, Union. And, and if you trace it back, it, it, Hitler rose to power by blaming another group of people for the woes of his people. And when people, you think about modern times, you think even about America, how many times we point at other people and say, well, if not for them, or they're ruining things, or they're getting things that, that, that we didn't have, or they don't deserve, or they're different than us. And it's not a big stretch to start to put that into action by a government uh, or by a force of people or by a military. And next thing you know, that starts to gain power. And, gain, you know, the reason that people react to white supremacy and groups like that so v- vigilantly is because those are probably people who remember that some of that same stuff was what was spoken about in 1933 when Hitler was first coming to power, that we have a pure race and it's being ruined by these these outsiders, and and next thing you know, it's 10 years later and concentration camps are full and people are being slaughtered literally by the millions and burned in ovens and, 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 and dropped in pits and killed and left their bones outside. And you say, how do we get that way in 10 years? Well, that's what happens. Rabbi uh, Ellie Mayerfield and Ray Nachbar, I want to thank you both for uh, you, commemorating this and I hope that everybody follows suit in that never again and, and marks this day because it's a very, very important day. Thank you both. Thank you so much, Mitch. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for your time.
It's 760 WJR.